I'm Nadelle, and I want to welcome you to Beyond the Booty podcast. I have a passion to see women thrive and take control of our health, our hearts, our identity, and our life. This podcast will focus on identity, relationships, faith, health, and so much more. It will be a place where women are encouraged to discover our worth and empowers us to thrive whole and healed in a society that celebrates brokenness. I'm so happy you've joined the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to Beyond the Booty Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Today we are doing part three of our Practical Faith series and we will be discussing how to navigate the Bible. If you have not listened to part one and part two of the Practical Faith series, please go and check them out. We talked about hearing from God and how to pray. So um, today I have Russ McMahon with me. We're going to be tackling what the Bible consists of and really giving you guys a roadmap on how to navigate the Bible and how to make it work for you. So hi, Russ. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So Russ, I really want to get into first and foremost, what the Bible consists of. What is it? Uh, what translations are there, what's inside of the Bible, just so people who've never opened a Bible or are very new to it have an idea of, you know, what's in there. Well, the Bible is literally a collection of books. So you have 66 books by 40 different authors written over a period of 1,500 years. You have probably, what, 20, 30 different translations that are available out there. And I think we're going to get into the most common ones today, right? Yeah. So I actually, I don't know how many translations are out there. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of them. Yeah, and I think one of the ones that was used mo- most often in the churches was the King James Version. So a lot of people who have may, grow- may have grown up in religion or may have opened Bibles in the past or maybe had their parents' Bible may have been used to seeing the King James Version, which is that old English <laughs> Style, Hard to read. Which is a little bit challenging to read because yeah. we don't speak that way right. uh, nowadays. So there are different versions um, that are available that are a little bit more common to the way that we speak nowadays. Can you go through a couple of those and then which one do you use and why? Um, well, I'll start with the one that I use is the English Standard Version. It is the English word-for-word translation. It's no interpretation. It's no modernization or anything. It's just English word-for-word and... and what we consider to be plain English. It doesn't have the old thou, hath, yay kind of thing going on that the King James Version does. And then you have the NIV, which is really popular. That's a modern version written mostly for Americans. It has different wording in some parts. It's got some more cultural style to it, less specific word-for-word translation. And then, of course, the King James, which is... The King's English Bible and then the New King James Version which is very similar to that only it's got a little bit less of the Old English in it it's a little bit more um, understandable for people these days yeah so I use the NIV Um, that is just the version I like it's a new international version you use the ESV which is the English English standard version so I would say if you're unsure I would look at one of those those are probably kind of the easiest to read Um, If you like that old English version, the King James is obviously going to be the original one that you can look into as well. Now you'll so hard to read. It is. It is. (laughs) I agree. I think that's challenging. There's also um, a passion translation that has come out 
um, that, you know, sometimes people reference the words are really colorful. Yeah. It's a really nice, almost poetic in the way that they kind of explain things. I think it's a good supplemental Bible, yeah. but I wouldn't use it as the main Bible because no. a lot of the wording is changed up um, and you're not going to get the most original um translation in the passion version all right you also have the amplified version which adds a little more depth to your reading so you'll you'll see the line and then there will be in parentheses a little bit further explanation or detail or color or commentary added to that to give you a little bit more context for what you're reading yeah so i think i think the message here is pick something that's easy to read so again i think the niv or the esv is safe if you're really not sure those are the two that we really like um, and anything else you can use as a supplement so don't get overly confused just look for one of those and, and just go with one of those in terms of the actual um, Bible itself, you kind of started saying, you know, there's 66 books written by 40 different authors over 1500 years. Can you kind of walk through what we should expect when we open the Bible? <laughs> How is it broken out? What, what are people looking at exactly? So when you first open it up, you'll notice that you have New and Old Testament. Um, some people think that, you know, different Bibles have different uh, one has the Old Testament, one has the New Testament. You've asked me, you mentioned before that people will ask you, do I get the Old or do I get the New? The Bible is both. So you're going to have both of them in there. When you first open it up, you're going to go straight to Genesis. Genesis is the, it's chapter one in the Bible. It's the beginning of the Old Testament. It's the beginning of time. Um, beyond that, you have the, the remainder of the Old Testament, which goes all the way up through uh, Malachi. And then you start into the New Testament, which starts with Matthew. And the New Testament is all about Jesus and the beginning of the church and so on and so forth. Right. So the Old Testament is before Jesus. Right. So that's when God is, you know, really directly dealing with humans on earth. And yep. then the New Testament is Jesus coming to the earth. So God coming in human form, basically. Right. So you are going to get both. And a lot of people, when they start reading the Bible, they think, okay, I'm going to start at Genesis and kind of go through. <laughs> Why, in your opinion, is that not the best way? And, you know, what is a better way to do it? So if you were to start at Genesis and just read through, you'd be reading, uh, the Old Testament's not in chronological order. The first four books are, are chronological order, and then it kind of starts to get a little haywire as to where things fit in like job comes way later in the old testament but it fits within the first three books and that's just going to be confusing to read through it that way on top of that everything in the old testament is pointing to jesus so if you don't have an understanding of who jesus is what the mission is what he did reading the old testament is going to be even more confusing um if you start in the New Testament, which is what I recommend to everybody, start in the New Testament, learn about Jesus, get that understanding, and then when you go back into the Old Testament, all of those books are going to make a whole lot more sense to you. Yeah, I agree. I think if you either um, have never approached the Bible or you have and you're kind of trying to make sense of it, I think starting at Jesus, um, who's the foundation of you know salvation and obviously the Christian faith, um, I think it's a really good idea to start by learning who was he, 
What's, what is his heart? What was his mission? What is the point of everything he's done? Obviously, Jesus is all throughout the, the New Testament. Um, it's, you know, everything from his life and ministry to, you know, the Christian church being birthed and everything else. So within the New Testament, now that people know, okay, maybe I'll start in the New Testament. Where do we start in the New Testament? Because obviously there's, I think, 29 books or something in the New Testament. Yeah. I don't remember. 27. 27. Okay. So what is your suggestion for how to start? You start with the Gospels. And you what are the You start with Jesus alive in his ministry, everything that he's doing. The Gospels, you have four of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're written by either people that were with Jesus at the time, like John. So John is with Jesus throughout his entire ministry. Matthew is with Jesus throughout most of his ministry. And then you have uh, Mark, who was a um, a disciple of Peter, and Luke, who's a disciple of Paul. And all four of these guys wrote about Jesus's life and ministry. Um, John, from a, a firsthand perspective, he was there, he saw everything, he wrote it out in great detail. Luke is a little bit more of an academic writing based on interviews and things that he heard. Uh, Mark was there. Mark saw it with Peter. And then um, Matthew was also there. So each of these is written from a different perspective for a different audience. So it's really going to depend on who you are as to where you should start. Um, the book of Matthew is written for Jewish people to convince them that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Son of God. So there's a tone of, of trying to convince people to that entire book. It has a little bit more of an Old Testament feel to it. There's a lot more uh, quotes and stuff that, that kind of fit with an Old Testament feel, which if you, the Jewish people use the Old Testament as the, the Torah, right? Yeah. So it's got that feel to it, so it speaks to that audience. Mark is kind of a general uh, writing about Jesus' life. He wrote it for everybody. It was the first gospel written. Matthew and Luke used Mark's gospel when they wrote their gospels. So his is the shortest. It covers most of Jesus's ministry. It doesn't go too in depth and it's a little bit more practical. Um, Luke's gospel, which is where I recommend people start, is the most comprehensive uh, detailing of Jesus's entire life. You have the most information about his childhood, and everything about his ministry up, you know, through the resurrection and, and reappearing to his apostles. Um, John is the most detailed gospel of Jesus's three-year ministry. So John's there from the beginning of the ministry all the way through. He writes pretty much strictly about that. Yeah. So you're going to notice when you read the four gospels that there's going to be similarities, right? There's because they're all telling about the miracles and the work and the ministry and Jesus's upbringing and just a lot of different things. But obviously there's going to be overlap yeah. because there, you know, some of them have firsthand eyewitness writing. Some of them, you know, is inspired by God and everything else they've read. So um, you're going to notice similarities, but like you said, you're going to get some extra stuff from each gospel to have a complete picture of who Jesus is. Yeah. Yeah. Each one brings a unique feel to it. Um, and yeah, like I said, depending on what kind of person you are, depends on where you should start. Yeah. If you really love 
the miracles, if that's the thing for you, the spiritual, the faith, all of that, then start in John. Yeah. Because he covers all of that extensively. Yeah. If you're an academic-minded person or you want the entire picture, read Luke's gospel. Yeah. I guess to keep things simple, it doesn't really matter. Just read the four gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Whatever order you end up reading them in is not going to take away from comprehension. You're going to get the full picture of who Jesus is. Again, none of these are chronological. You're going to see some overlap. So I highly agree. You should start in the Gospels. Um, I just finished studying the book of Acts, so it's fresh on my mind. And I know you and I have had a conversation, but do you think going to Acts next would be a good thing? Or do you recommend now that people have a good foundation to go somewhere else? Acts, in my opinion, is step two. So you pick your Gospel, you read your Gospel, you get this picture of Jesus, and then you move on to Acts. Before I would even go back to another gospel, I'd read the, the gospel that fit me the best, and then I would read Acts. Acts introduces you to how we got to church today, what the church is, how it was built, what it was built on, and who was responsible for building it. Yeah. So Paul, the you know the apostle Paul, who was initially Saul, (laughs) who was persecuting Christians. Not King Saul. No, not King Saul. Um, Different Sauls. Um, So um, he was originally killing, persecuting, imprisoning Christians. He hated them. He was a Christian hater. Um, And then ended up uh, being, having an encounter with God where God literally spoke to him. And um, then ends up being like, literally planting the Christian church and being the greatest apostle and wrote almost the entire New Testament. 70% of it. (laughs) So two things. One, God can use anyone. (laughs) You're never too far gone for God to use you. You're never too far gone for, I mean, this guy was a Christian murderer. You're never too far gone for God to be able to turn your life around. And two, um, Paul really, I think Acts is a great place to go next because it does talk about how the church was planted um, and really walks you through his entire ministry and what that looked like. Yeah, I mean, it picks up right as Jesus is going back to heaven. Yeah. You couldn't think of a better place to start for part two. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, Where do you think people should go next? I I guess what I will say here is, There's a couple things that will happen as you start, and tell me if you agree with this, that as you start navigating the Bible, I feel like that's even a good place to say, God will start leading you, right? God may speak to you through all of this time that you're spending in the word. You may get something that you wanna look into further. For example, when I was a new Christian, um, I was navigating the Bible not like this. I was literally like throwing the Bible up in the air and hoping it landed on a page that spoke to me because I had no idea how to navigate the Bible. Um, but even through that, God will honor the time and he may speak to you. And there was a time where I went through a six-week study on eagles because something landed in my spirit about eagles in the Bible. And so just be aware that God may lead you on a detour if he wants to speak something further to you correct Mm -hmm. and um, be aware of that so don't be so rigid in what we're saying that you're like okay they said go here next I think this is a great starting point to start in the gospels go to acts so you have a great understanding of both Jesus the church being planted but be open also in your time in the bible to what God may be saying 
And if he's telling you to go somewhere next, that's where you should go. If he's pointing out a specific word or concept, look that up. Do you agree with that? Agreed, completely. Yeah, because there's times he may give you a word or concept, and there's a couple ways that you can look that up. Number one, the concordance in the back of the Bible. So can you talk about what a concordance is? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's just an easy way to find information. Yeah. So the concordance in the back of the Bible is, by the way, it's not a comprehensive concordance in the back of any Bible. And some Bibles don't have a concordance, but most of them do. So a concordance is going to be like the most popular words and where you can find them. So for example, if I wanted to look up hope, I would go to the back of my Bible in the concordance, I'd find hope, it's alphabetical, and then it would tell me the places where hope is mentioned. So then you can go back and refer in the Bible all the places where there's hope or eagles or trees or whatever it is that you're looking for. Now the concordance in the back of Bibles is not comprehensive. So I have... Um, a separate concordance that I can refer. You may want to also invest in a concordance that's comprehensive, that has every word, or you can Google it. You or get a study Bible. Or get Yeah, you can do a study Bible, um, but even that doesn't have like a full concordance because it would be a whole separate, very thick book because <laughs> um, there's 611 words in the Bible, 611,000 words there in the Bible. <laughs> um, so you can also Google it. So if you wanted to look up hope in the bible it will show you all of the verses that have that in them as well um so where do you suggest people maybe go next or where did you go next kind of what was your path so i actually went from john to matthew into the old testament okay um but i just had no idea i was really interested in the old testament however I would definitely recommend going from from your gospel to Acts and then from Acts, if you really want to, you can go all the way back to the beginning because you'll have a better understanding of what you're about to read, why it happened, and, and where it's leading you to. Um, Genesis is a good place to go. It, it's the beginning. You get the, the creation. You get Abraham. You get um, Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve Jacob, and Joseph, all of the things leading up to Moses, which is one of the biggest stories in the Bible, is yeah. Moses and, and his work for God. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously, if you want to then go to the Old Testament and start reading Genesis, um, you can continue on at that point and read the rest of the books. Like Exodus, for example, is when um, God saves Israel from slavery in Egypt and then enters into the relationship with them and then it sort of talks about that. So these stories are interesting and you've probably heard of them, um, but this is where that's happening. It's all, it's all God um, dealing directly with humanity in the Old mm -hmm. Testament. Deuteronomy is an important book uh, in those first few books because that's where you kind of get God's rules for humanity. You get a really in-depth explanation from Moses about what it looks like to follow God. Yeah. And then some people might be interested in just like a certain character. Like they want to know maybe about Ruth or about... Most people don't know who Ruth is. Let's <laughs> be <laughs> <laughs> realistic. Uh, more likely people want to learn about David. David, yes. Because I love David. Because David, David is, is the... King David. Ultimate... Bible character outside of Jesus. That's true. <laughs> Most people don't even know that Paul is in the Bible, mm. to be quite frank with you. They just know that he wrote it. They don't realize that he's a huge part of it. But David is probably the most popular. Uh, 
What book is David in? So David's David's journey starts in uh, Samuel. Okay. Uh, Second Samuel is all about the life of David. David as king. Um, so First Samuel, you have Saul coming. Samuel is the man. This is a. We should go back just a little bit before we get into this. Okay. Um, but David is a character to definitely go because David gives you the perfect example of somebody chasing after God who still has faults and those faults are shown to you and you're walked through them and how he recovers from them and everything that happens to show you that you don't have to be perfect, you will not be perfect. I love David's story for that reason. Yeah. David was probably one of the most flawed human beings. Oh, he was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> but God calls him a man after my own heart because you know you hear a lot where, where people talk about God doesn't look at the outside, God looks at the heart. He's interested in where your heart is. Are you truly desiring to hear from him even though you may not be there yet are you desiring to do what's good even though you you fail right because we're human and that happens um and david just fails over and over again in but, some of the worst ways possible i mean <laughs> murdered people he slept kills with someone. somebody to sleep with somebody yeah <laughs> it's it's a mess guys um but the great thing about it and what you see about god and the heart of god is how patient he is mm. and how he truly searches our heart and if we're repentant and if we strive to want to be better and if we're truly chasing after him with everything that we are he never gives up on us and he'll continue to just give us the wisdom and the revelation and give us things to do right so I love David David's one of my one of my favorites um, so I absolutely agree um, and such a great example of just the hope for humanity yeah <laughs> Um, Which I think is needed right now. I'm a big fan of Samuel. Okay. So Samuel leads into David, right? Yes. Um, Samuel is the last judge of Israel before they get a king. So judges, as you'll know, is a collection of stories about people who are temporary leaders, basically, for Israel after Joshua and Moses. So you have three big stories that are happening in the Old Testament. You have creation you have genesis you have abraham and the patriarchs and then you have moses and the israelites and the whole joshua and all that's in this one story and then after that you have israel who has a void at leadership and that's where judges picks up which is one of my favorite books in the bible it is definitely an adult read <laughs> it's violent it's yeah. it's kind of hard in some places to read but that gives you the temporary leaders these saviors of Israel who are imperfect but just fit the situation at the time. Judges is all about well if you know if you understand the story of Jesus, you'll understand more about judges. Israel needs a perfect savior, but they have to make do with these imperfect people like Samson who are a complete wreck of a human being, <laughs> uh as bad or worse than anything you'd ever see from David. Um Samuel is the last of those judges and at that point Israel starts demanding a king and that's how you end up getting King Saul who as we know starts out good turns crazy and that's where David picks up yeah so 
As you guys listen to Russ, Russ has a gift of knowledge. I say that to him all the time. I, I still don't think he truly believes me. Um, but he's a very logical, very much an intellectual. And so when Russ reads the Bible, it makes sense to him right away. The stories come together. He gets it because he reads a lot of history and a lot of science. I am not like that. <laughs> so as you navigate the Bible, if you're like, I don't get it, it's okay. I don't get a lot of what I read. The biggest thing about the Bible it is it is a living word of God. It comes alive to the reader and God knows how to reach you within the text. So although you may not understand everything historically and as you read it, you're like, oh, the pieces of the puzzle aren't all coming together for me, they don't for me either. I often have to bring in um, outside studies to help me kind of navigate certain books and I, I love studies um, and I will reference some studies for you guys in the blog version of navigating the Bible. I'll put in some studies that I love that you can get. Um, but once you have a basic understanding of Jesus and Christianity, if you want to go to some studies to kind of help you navigate, that's what I like doing because I'm not an intellectual to the level that you are. Um, so just know your mind may work different. You may be a creative. You may be someone that, um, you know, needs a little bit more help. Nothing is wrong with that. We're just basically giving you a foundation of where to start in the Bible. But just know that God knows how to speak to each of us personally. Mm -hmm. And he's going to reveal different things. The reason why people read the Bible forever is because sometimes you could be reading the same book. Like you read a lot of the same books over and over again. I read this out. Tons of them. But they say different things to you yeah, every time. I'll pick up something different. I, I'll see something in one book that I'm reading or a letter or something, and then I'll, I'll read another book and something that I hadn't noticed before because of the order that I read it in. They just didn't gel together. All of a sudden, it'll kind of light up and it'll make a lot more sense. To yeah. Me. And that's called revelation. You hear Christians talk about revelation a lot. It's when you're reading something and all of a sudden it like lands in your heart. Like, oh my God, it's like a, the light bulb where you're like, I get it. This suddenly makes sense to me. You're going to have that throughout your entire um, Christian walk or Bible walk. If you're, if you know, whatever, even if you're not a Christian, but kind of navigating the Bible, God will start to speak to you. And so that's what's also amazing about it. Um, so I think we've given them quite a bit. So I think the main thing is start at Jesus. Um, if you want to go to the Old Testament, those are some great places. Maybe, you know, look at the life of David, look at Genesis, um, Samuel, anything else that you recommend? Yeah, um, the, there's practical books in the Bible as well. That, that speak to what it what you can do on a day-to-day -day basis to live this out books like James James is a practical book this is how you be a Christian <laughs> and it's nothing more than that he's strictly talking day-to-day -day things that you can do uh, Ecclesiastes is kind of the same thing it's written a little bit more artsy than James but it's Solomon who was David's son mm -hmm. who's another king one of the greatest kings of Israel of all time um, giving you practical ways to live your life, mm. things to ignore, things to uh, devote your time to, what's important, what's not important. Also, Solomon wrote Proverbs, which if you just are looking to read something really short, Proverbs or Psalms are great places to go. Proverbs yeah. is Solomon's general tips for living your life. 
psalm is uh, um, prayers, songs, poetry, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people love psalms because it is very poetic. It's kind of inspirational. Most um, of them are about hope. Yeah, a lot of a lot of hope. So Strength, if you guys love. are looking for those things right now, I know a lot of us are, are sort of in a place where hope is a main topic. Um, Psalms is a great place to go and also shows you how to pray. Yeah. Um, David does a lot of praying in Psalms. Um, so Psalms is another great one to, to go to. So I think the main thing here, guys, is every book is different. They all fit together because they all paint an ultimate picture and none of them contradict themselves and they all fit like a great puzzle piece, but they're all individual books. Yeah, they're, they're individual books. There's certain categories. Uh, you have the history books, which is the beginning of the Old Testament and all of that stuff. You have the wisdom books, which are the practical ones. You have the prophecy books, which tell the future, basically, you know, Isaiah and Jeremiah and stuff. And then you have the apocalyptic books, uh, Revelation and Daniel, for some reason, is always considered an apocalyptic <laughs> book. Is it? Yeah, it, that, huh. it's considered apocalyptic, but to me, that book, if you're struggling with patience and you're struggling with your faith, the book of Daniel is the book for you. You go read it, read Daniel's story. That is a man who is patient and prayerful through some of the worst situations you can imagine. As well as Job. Job <laughs> Job is an interesting book. Yeah. Um, if we're going to get into a book by book breakdown here. I love Job. Job is actually one of my favorite books. Job is a troubled, troubled man. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a little bit different vibe. Dan- Daniel's more of patience and prayer and faith. Job is more like, I'm struggling with my faith. Yeah. I have questions. I don't know what's going on. Well, because he lost everything and Satan was sifting him, right? Well, yeah, for so. the beginning of it. <laughs> Job is also a story of creation. There's a lot of stuff about the creation of the earth and and our universe that's in Job. Yeah. The more you dig into it. Yeah, absolutely. But um is there anything else you feel like people need to know when they're just starting out? I think I think this is a good place to kind of think of it as a toolbox, not a book. Mm, I love that. Don't try to read it like a book. Don't be intimidated by the size of it mm-hmm. or how much is in there. Just pick your place and start reading it. Read one of the Gospels. Um, start with Luke. Start with John. My favorite is Matthew, but that's not for everybody. Read that. Read Acts. Read anything else after that. Just kind of pick and choose depending on what you're feeling. Do you want to know the beginning? Go to Genesis. Do you want? Do you want to be entertained? Do you want to read for entertainment? Go read Judges. Go read First and Second Samuel. Those are great. Like. If they weren't in the Bible, if they were just books that were out there, they'd be bestsellers. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really good to read. Yeah. Um, are you struggling with something? You can find that in the Bible, too. Do you need to know what it looks like to be a Christian every single day of your life? Go to James. Go to Solomon. Yeah. And I think um, use the internet, right? Use the so internet. So definitely have your Google. Have your phone up. Google like if something. Bible verses for fear. Exactly. You'll get a hundred of them. Exactly. So it's also just logical. Like everything we've ever gone through, everything we need a verse for exists. So you can literally type in Bible verse four, fill in the blank, and it'll be there for you to kind of help you navigate as well. 
Um, don't worry about you know how much time you spend. We kind of talked about this in our previous talks in, in terms of practical faith. Even if you can give you know five, 10 minutes to reading every day, God will honor that time and he'll really show up in that time and he'll show up in the the time that you're spending and, and that just that you're sitting there trying to learn, God will meet you where you're at. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna devote five or ten minutes, if that's all you've got, read a proverb or two, read a psalm. Like that's gonna be the most bang for your buck at that at yeah. that amount of time. These some of these books are pretty long. But you don't have to read them all at once. <clears throat> I mean no. you can start Matthew and read ten minutes and come back to it. Sure. <laughs> Russ likes to read whole books in one sitting where it takes me a year to get through a book. So we're very different in that way. <laughs> but yes, just that's what bookmarks are for. Yes. <laughs> you are right. All right, guys. I hope that was helpful. We are going to write a blog that goes along with this podcast just so you kind of have it written out. Um, so that if you weren't taking notes and you were just kind of listening to this on the go, um, you can always refer back to the blog as well. But thank you, Russ. Thank you. All right, guys. Bye.